Uh, we just sang a song, an uh, important song. We've just learned it. Uh, help me, Jesus, only Jesus, help me trust you more and more. Where could that play in in your life? Can you think of any instances in your life where uh, that line might be important to you? And, and the, the genius of music, uh, I didn't figure this out, God figured this out, and uh, he created it this way, but the genius of music is that this week, uh, some of you, uh, that line will be playing in your head. Uh, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of uh, trying to raise kids, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of uh, temptation, uh, in the midst of uh, like uh, news that kind of might bother your soul. And uh, as God will use that line uh, that we have sung this morning to remind you that it, it's all about us trusting in Jesus. And I hope that that's true. Um, on, uh, on March 19th, 2020, uh, it was, uh, it was a Thursday, uh, and my kids got told that they were done with school. They were done with school, that there was, uh, not going to be school. The Thursday, they found out that Friday they weren't going to school because there was a stay at home order, uh, from the state of California. And, uh, as, uh, we found out that California and some of the other states, and, and then quickly thereafter in the, the week ahead, uh, the rest of the states got on board uh, to a stay-at-home order. And this order um, was, we found out later, uh, we, we found that out, and then we had church on Sunday. Um, and then uh, that following week, we realized, uh, Governor explained, that uh, that all businesses were supposed to be closed that were non-essential, uh, all non-essential businesses, and that was including churches. And for our safety and health uh, is the reason that they were closed. And in obedience uh, to the state's directives, uh, Bear Valley Church did not meet as a church like we're meeting here this morning. Uh, and so we did that for a while. We did that, and uh, we began meeting again at the end of May, as we met once in here, and then we went out to the parking lot, uh, thinking that we were kind of obeying, kind of obeying, uh, by meeting outside. And then in the fall, uh, not seeing any way to obey and uh, still meet, uh, we chose to just come inside and trust, uh, you know, that the Lord would be pleased in that. And which brings us to our passage today. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 13. And we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 7. 1 through 7. Sorry for some of you have PTSD from what I just shared right there. And I might be with you. I might be with you. Uh, I told Rebecca this morning, I said, uh, I'll try not to sound like a, a bitter, resentful pastor this morning as I preach. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from uh, Romans chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 1 down through verse 7. Let every person be subject uh, to the governing authorities, uh, for there is 
no authority except from God. Uh, and those that exist, exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, uh, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And, and those who resist will incur judgment. Uh, for rulers are, are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Um, who, who, uh, w- would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then, then do what is good, and you'll receive his approval. Uh, for he is, he is, for he is God's servant uh, for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, uh, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Uh, for he is a servant of God, an avenger, avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Uh, for because of this, you also pay taxes uh, for the authorities or ministers of God. Attending to this very thing, verse 7, pay to all what is all owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. God, we ask your blessing on our time. We ask that you would uh, help us to understand this. Um, And also, Lord, we're asking for your blessing and understanding and wisdom uh, in applying this. Uh, God, help us not to be um, dogmatic, help us not to be um, proud, help us not to be arrogant, um, and also help us not to be timid and lagging behind. Uh, God, help us to obey you and walk with you, uh, understanding your authority over all things. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'll just warn you, tell you, uh, this week, this week we're going to handle this passage, and then next week, as Jeff announced, uh, Todd Dick and his wife uh, and some of their kids are going to be here. Um, they're from Croatia, and he's going to be sharing. He's a great preacher. He's a, a great man of faith, and uh, so it'll be a blessing for you to hear uh, what's going on in a different country and how God's using them. Uh, and how we're connected. And then uh, the following week, uh, we're going to look at lessons we learned uh, in 2020 and since then. And so um, that's going to be an exciting week, and you're not going to want to miss it. I don't know what we're going to say and talk about, but it's going to be exciting. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Um, We come to this passage this morning, and I I, I wanted to I didn't necessarily want to talk about uh, the lockdown, but I, that passage uh, was spoken of over and over again uh, by my peers. And I, I'm not sure I use this particular passage. There's another passage. Let me read this other passage to you, too, and I just want to show this to you. 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, in verse 13, it's very similar, very similar. And so Paul wrote, Paul wrote Romans Peter wrote this, and listen to this, and we shouldn't be surprised by this, but I just want to tell you that uh, it was more than one voice God worked through in different situations, different times, uh, the same same principle. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 13 says this, be subject 
for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish uh, those who do evil and, and to praise those who do good. Verse 15, uh, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Very similar passage uh, spoken of in different to different people at different times through different voices. Um, last week we talked about how this passage, this passage has to work. It has to work. And where does it have to work? It has to work in Tehachapi in 2023. It has to work for us. Um, and we have to work it out. And I want to encourage you here today that there's a real personal element to this that this is not um, a one-size-fits-all every situation and that we should look to one another and say, you're not doing this and you're not doing this, but we need to work this out in our relationship with God before Him in the steps that we take. Obviously, some of you will have greater influence because you have larger families or God's put you in a position of leadership outside of your home. And uh, e- even as I am here, um, along with the elders we have a greater responsibility, but we need to work it out. It's not, it's not a cut and dried. It's not a um, cookie cutter type uh, passage for us this morning. But it's got to work in Tehachapi, but it also has to work in Iran and Russia and China. Uh, it, it has to work, um, I'd say it this way, it has to work in Babylon, you know. Uh, it has to work in Babylon because there were people in the scripture that had to walk with God in Babylon, having been taken into captivity. Um, and it has to work in, in various different things. And I want to remind you, too, that the context of the book of Romans, we found out last week, I talked last week about how Nero, uh, he came to power probably about the same time this book was written as a teenager, as a teenager. And so... Um, do, do people have, do, do, does the average person have opinions about the supreme ruler of their land? Yes, yes. Okay, I, I was meaning to connect a dot for you there. Did you, did you make that connection? And so if you picture yourself in Rome and you're a, a, you know, you're a blacksmith or you're a street sweeper or you're a farmer or you're you own a little shop or whatever, do you think you would have an opinion about who the Caesar was? And who he was? Of course you would, because you have opinions about everything. I was just saying that generally. I don't know that, but I, I, I assume that. Uh, as they would have heard this, about the same time as they would have gotten this letter, Nero would have been coming to power within a few years, okay? As a teenager, and undoubtedly, they would have had an opinion about that. They would have said, oh, I wonder what he's going to do. He's just a kid, and, you, know, I wonder, you know, and he's partying it up, and he's doing things, and he's reckless, and he's not ready, but at least he's just doing that. And then, and then what would happen in the 10, 20, 30 years after that? Nero would grow to be 
one of the most infamous killers of Christians. And so this had to work in Rome. This had to work in Rome. And so I, I want you with that in mind. And, and I believe that it's the reason it was written. I believe it's the reason it was written is because there's this knee-jerk reaction for us as believers, as, as new believers, to understand that your relationship with God is something uh, supreme above all, that you say, well, I don't have to listen to anybody anymore. I don't care about Caesar. I don't care about my boss. I don't care about my master. I don't care about this. I don't, I don't care about It's just me and God. It's just me and God. And so there's this passage, and there's also the one in 1 Peter. There's also other ones that talk about it briefly, but these are the two big ones in the New Testament. And they are meant to instruct us as God's people living uh, in, under rulers that may not be great. How do we live in Christ and under Caesar or someone like him? I'm going to say a lot of things today, um, and I'm, I'm just trying to help you apply, but also help you to think as a believer um, that big government, you're going to find, did I say big government? I have it in my notes written that way too, and I didn't find it funny when I was reading. Uh, government uh, has a lane, has a lane has a function. That's what you're going to find in this passage, that, that God gives a function to government. Um, and, but that's just a lane. It's not everything. I also wanted to say this. Um, for those of you who are interested, I, uh, I, I received a book from one of the ladies in our church, uh, and she said it's a good book, and I should read it, and she's right. Um, and I started reading it. It's called The Letter to the American Church by Eric. I can't pronounce that guy's last name. Yeah, you guys got it. It starts with an M. Mastakis? Anyways, I think it's Greek. It's all Greek to me. Um, and it's a very good book, but it has a... Basically, what it, what it is, one of the things that he is an expert in is really Germany under the Nazis and Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That's kind of his uh, area of expertise. And he talks about the similarities, the similarities of the German church and what they did during the rise and power of the Nazi regime and what is going on in the American church today. Uh, and it's pretty heavy when it comes to pastors, what they should do. So maybe you shouldn't read it. Maybe you shouldn't read it because you're going to put the heat on me. Uh, anyways, uh, interesting book. And some of, I haven't finished it. I've made it through the first three chapters or so. Uh, but I, I want to tell you that like this, we live in an interesting time right now, right now. Not, not like 10 years ago and not 20 years in the future. Right now, we live in an interesting time. And so we're challenged with these things. Uh, and the reason I'm talking about this is because it's in the passage and I just came up to it. But the reason I'm talking about it this way, this way, is one of the things that bothered me so much about uh, 2020. And it, it bothers me today. Uh, I'll get over it one day, maybe. Uh, 
but uh, is how we as a church, myself included, got caught flat-footed, unprepared, unprepared. And uh, the reason I share these things with you uh, is for your preparation. Uh, I want you to be prepared uh, for another 2020. Or I want you to be prepared for 2023 or 2030 or before or after. Um, I don't want you to be caught flat-footed again. And so this is for our benefit as we go through this. And God doesn't want it. That's why he has us go through these type of passages. We come to verse 1. We looked at it last week. And it said, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. And we talked about how that word subject is to be ranked under. It's the idea of seeing yourself under, placing yourself under, and realizing the rank of the one above you. And so with that in mind, verse 1, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. As we look at this first principle is this, that, that God institutes authority, that he's the one, that every person that is in governing authorities is somehow part of the plan of God. And who would that have included? Nero, right? Who else? Who else does it include? Thank you. Yeah, Joe Biden, previously Donald Trump. You know, you can go back, right? And, and immediately, uh, immediately, our defenses start going up, right? And you go, well, I didn't vote for him. Uh, not my president, not my governor. Yes, it is. And God placed him there. I want you to get this. It's important. Because even as I talked about the T-Rex, the we look at things like that all the time. I wouldn't have done it that way. You know, we look at the events of life many times and we say, God, why did you do that? Why did you, why did you get me sick? Why did you get me sick? Well, why has my spouse passed away? Why are my finances a disaster? Why, why is my marriage tough? Why? It's not right. You didn't do it right. You should have done it the way I thought you should have done it. And this passage is in here in regards to the government that we might know that's instituted by God. That's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Because... We, we want, it's not voting, right? It's not voting. It's our stamp of approval, right? You did it the way I thought, God. You, you put in there who I thought. You know, I voted for them, but, but I also approve of them. I approve of what you have done. Um, and so we see in the, the passage here that the authority that they have is from God, and that no one, no one gets into power, gets into that situation apart from being instituted by God, that he placed them there. 
And so it follows, it follows that if one has authority, it's there by God. And so if that uh, authority is resisted, verse 2, therefore whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed. Fear and trembling, right? Fear and trembling right there. That we would go against what God has instituted. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Okay? And so it puts this important piece of the puzzle together in our relationship with God, in our trusting in Him, in our following in Him. He places another man, and could be woman, as over us that we would be subjected to, okay? And that's the principle, that's the principle, that there's no authority except from God, that God instituted an authority. I want to say this, we'll get to it later too, it's not absolute authority, it's just authority, Going back to that issue of lane, right? There's there's certain things that the govern, government is to do, um, and and then so there's God instituted authority, and resisting that authority is to resist God, and you will have to answer to Him. You'll have to answer to God. Now, um, I don't want to get into. I, I want you to sit with that for a moment. Do you, do you get it? God places people in authority, and he placed them there for a purpose, part of his good plan, and so we are not to resist them. We are not to reject them. Uh, we are supposed to be under them. Why? Because he put, a, put them there, which would follow uh, that we would have to answer to him if we would reject that or rebel against that. And so if you are going to, you had better be sure, you had better be sure uh, that you're following the Lord. There's a, there's a fearful thing that you should, you should think through before you resist or reject uh, the rules of your governing authorities. You better be sure. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, verse 27 and 28, you know, I think we understand this. We thought about it maybe even only in the last years. Uh, I want to read this to you. It says this, uh, and it was part of uh, the idea of being arrested once again, and um, verse 27 says this, and, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name, uh, yet here you you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring uh, this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Okay? And what I want to point out there is this. Did Peter not understand the, the, the writings of Paul? Did Peter not understand the writings of Paul? You're not supposed to do that. And, and I, what I want to point out is this, that uh, the apostle, Peter, uh, he did, he did reject the governing authorities. He did. In a respectful, polite, direct way, he 
Didn't do what they were telling him to. Um, but his answer was this. I, I, I need to follow God rather than men. And the problem with the men, and I don't say problem in the sense that God did it wrong. The problem with the men that God or women that he puts into power is this. That they're just that. Men and women. Right? And their leadership is only as good as they follow their creator. I would even say more so if they're redeemed, right? If they're truly redeemed, if they're saved, if they've been changed by the gospel, their leadership will be better because it will be, uh, as they look at leadership, they will be looking at this relationship with God, the one who instituted and placed them there. And they will think in terms of, Men and women created in the image and likeness of God, just like them, uh, and they would think in terms of that, and they'll make better decisions. But Peter looked, and uh, he looked upon these men in his charge, and who had arrested him at this point, and he said, I know you told me not to, but I did it anyways. We must obey God rather than men. And so that relationship with God, Peter says, is more important than him obeying, in this point, obeying the authorities around him. And so you better be sure, you better be sure, because God places people in power for his purposes. He institutes them. He's going to explain to us why in verse 3, and I would say rulers and bad guys, okay? Uh, How does it go? Verse 3, uh, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but, but to bad. Um, you think about this, and, and laws, laws uh, there are many different laws and many different real. But, but what are the laws for? Um, if you're a little cynical, you say to control people. No, uh, no, they're not. No, they're not. In fact, you, you can go throughout the world, and the laws are about the same. About the same throughout the whole world. And there's some basic things. There's some basic things. I, I talked about this last week that why is there structure in the military? Because in the military, you don't want to just, you know, get a bunch of people like yourselves and go, hey, let's throw out some guns. And, you know, some of you can drive tanks if you like driving. And some of you, if, you, if you've always wanted to fly a plane, we'll give you an F-35. And, you know, and uh, you, can, you can go do whatever you want to do. And we'll just kind of do. And when the bad guys come, you fight them. You know, there's no structure to it. No, there's structure. And it's God-given structure. And the laws that are throughout the world are basically the same. They're basically the same. Stealing's wrong. Stealing's wrong. There's, there's laws throughout the world about stealing. Sure, the laws are a little different, and some of them aren't enforced as much, but there's, there's laws regarding that. Murder, the same thing, you know. Uh, murder's, for the most part, frowned upon, right, uh, in most countries throughout the world. And there's differing things where there's more lawlessness in different places, but there are laws regarding that. And this is, doesn't come from man's mind. It comes from God directed to men that they might do this. And so he says this, rulers and bad guys, uh, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. How do you get, um, in most countries throughout the world, how do you get the attention of law enforcement? 
How do you do that? You can do it in any country. You just start breaking laws, right? You start stealing stuff. I, I watched, uh, it, it was shocking, but interesting at the same time. I watched, uh, I traveled just a little bit on a short-term mission trip when I was in college and um, in Moscow, I, I, I saw this guy get beaten by the cops, just, just wailed on. And uh, it was one of those things where in this particular place, I don't know if they do this today, but they, they didn't carry any uh, weapons other than a club. And so that was their form of like, let me teach you something right now because you weren't listening to me. And uh, just out on the street, in the middle of the street, in the middle of a busy street, um, he, first, he first wailed on his car because he wouldn't stop. And then he jerked him out and then he rapped him a few times. Um, you know why that guy got that? Because he wasn't listening. <laughs> that's how you get, uh, so that's how you get noticed. That's how you get noticed by law enforcement. Uh, some would say, you played dumb games and you won dumb prizes. Um, that's what happens. That's what happens. And, and, and this is God's intention. God's intention is that the laws, the governing authorities will come down. And when a person, a person does things are wrong, not just in the eyes of the law, but in the eyes of God, that they would have enforcement that would happen, okay? Uh, and so this is the, the, the position and the structure that God has. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. For the most part, if you do what is right in the eyes of God, what happens? Nothing, right? You just go get to live your life. And, uh, and, and, and there's this funny thing. There's this funny thing. Uh, when you see um, a black and white, uh, when you're not speeding, what do you think? First of all, for most of us, we go, am I speeding? <laughs> right? And if you're not speeding, then you go, I'm not speeding. I'm fine. It's good to see him. Wave, right? Uh, if you are speeding, you probably should wave too, hoping to, uh, you know... Do you understand how this goes? For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. That is the general rule all the time. Every country, by the way. That is the general rule. Uh, Rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. And if you don't want to fear, it says, it goes on to say, verse 3, would you have no fear of the one in authority? Then do what is good. And, and he calls on believers to continue and, and to live out their faith in such a way that they're doing what's right um, so that they don't get in trouble with the law because they are um, walking with God and they're receiving approval from men. Verse 4. Uh, and it points to that, that person, that, that person that is leading, ruling, serving, And he says this, for he is God's servant for your good. Uh, What happens if there are no governing authorities and what happens if there are no officers of the law? Bad stuff, right? Ends up like Portland. Sorry I said that. Did I say that out loud? Who said that? Um, 
We could talk a long time about that, couldn't we? We're not going to. Think it in your mind. We'll talk about it later in the parking lot. Um, uh, the servant of God uh, is doing what is good, and he's doing it for you, for you. And so you should, when you see an officer of the law, thank him for his thankless job. Uh, you know, it's good to have the back the blue or whatever. And, and I realize um, you, you can have disclaimers on that. It says, I back the blue, except the ones that are bad. Except, you, know, you know, you have those things in there and you acknowledge that. Everyone acknowledges that, right? There's good cops and bad cops. But the ones that are doing the right thing, you should be thankful for them because they do a, 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 a thankless job, a thankless job. And when you think of someone who goes into politics and they're a good man or a good woman, you should be thankful for them. Why? Because they're doing something uh, that is difficult to do. And so that's what that is. So bad guys are to fear, um, and you can be fearless if you do what is good. But he goes on to say and reiterate, uh, verse 4, he says, be afraid, be afraid. Uh, actually, but if you do wrong, be afraid. Why? For he does not bear the sword in vain. And, and you get this picture that uh, the one of enforcement has a sword, you know, and it, a sword, you know, like this. And you go, why does he carry a sword? I don't know. Why does a cop carry a gun? Why? And I want to tell you, I, I want to say it clearly. In case he needs to shoot somebody. Okay? In case he needs to shoot somebody. In case they deserve to be shot. Do, 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 you, do you get that? I, I know we struggle with that in our culture. And I'm not a, I'm not a gun nut at all. Like, I, I'm not a, I don't have any shooter guns or anything like that. Long ride. I don't have any. I mean, I, they're in, yeah. I do have a couple. I do have a couple. But... <laughs> that's to protect my chickens okay uh, <laughs> I didn't want to get in too deep here anyways uh, but, but, but there's, this, there's this thing right uh, why do they have a sword why do they have a gun right it's to use it and, and for those who are outside of doing what's right you know, there, there should be warnings and there should be like, you know, get back in line. But the pain that enters one's life is deserved, is deserved because they're doing what's wrong. And I want to tell you, that is not, um, there's no difference in that for believer and unbeliever, right? If a believer disobeys, uh, they deserve those same things, Okay. So why does he bear a sword? He doesn't bear a sword for nothing or in vain. Once again, verse, uh, verse 4, he says, For he is the, the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrong, wrongdoer. And I want to tell you that God's wrath uh, is eternal, meaning that there is a wrath that he uh, exacts at the end. But know this, that there are times where he brings about his judgment on people in this life, in this life. And uh, we bear the, the scars of our own sinful choices, okay? And so um, 
he says this, uh, verse 5, he says, Therefore, one must be in subjection, find your rank there, not only to avoid God's wrath, but the, for the sake of conscience. Okay, so that there's two things, avoiding God's wrath, the, the sword, but also to keep a clear conscience. This is why we do what's right. That, that's why we follow the laws. We do what is spoken. Verse uh, 6, and he gives one example. One example. <clears throat> and, and this example, man, rough. This is a rough passage. This one example is taxes. Uh, for because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. And what's the, what's the very thing? The structure of society. The laws being followed to give a framework that things don't become chaotic. And, and, and the point being is that those people who do that deserve to get paid. Deserve to get paid. And they get paid by taxes. Um, verse 7 Verse 7 says this, pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Okay? And, and what that is, and, and most likely all of this is to the government. All of this is to these people who are, it starts out, you know, pay taxes, but he says, taxes to whom taxes are owed. And the idea of revenue, it's a kind of a bill of sorts. It, it most likely is another kind of tax. Um, we, we, can, we can relate to this because we have, we have a few different kinds of taxes, right? That was a joke, okay? We have many different kinds of taxes, right? Uh, taxes to whom taxes are owed. Uh, and then he says, respect to whom respect is owed. And it's this idea of position or the, the idea that um, you, and, th- and this is important. This is important to get. Um, you might run across one of these government officials that you don't particularly like respect who they are. It could be an officer. Like, like you, 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 you've been treated unfairly, but there's a, a sense of respect that goes to the badge, the uniform, the position, okay? There's a sense of respect to them. And then even as one does well, a sense of honor, honor to, and he's, he's connecting these, and he says, honor, respect, revenue, taxes. Give them to who they are. I, I want to talk about that for a moment, uh, just so it's, it's kind of simple, and he says, you know, you should do this. This example of following God's position is this. Pay taxes. Pay taxes. Um, and you're paying taxes for government. For government. Um, that, that's the connection there. So that they can do their job in, the same, in, in a very similar way that you would give to, to God's work so that the pastor can get paid. So that, and, and I know that seems weird that I just said that, but that's why, that's why. So that I I don't have to be a plumber or 
chicken farmer or a teacher, whatever occupation that I could do that I'm not being a pastor. So, so the, there's an idea that you pay so someone can do that. It's a service. It's a service that they deserve to get paid for. That's why we pay taxes. Now, this is, this is where I, I want to tread lightly. Not really, but okay. So this has nothing to do with morality. Nothing to do with morality. I know often, uh, how many of you are familiar how our government spends money? How many of you are familiar with it? Tom? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, you, you know, uh, and how, much, how many of you, it kind of bothers you? Kind of bothers you. <laughs> kind of bothers you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you say, what a, what a waste. What a waste. Um, and, and, you know, we used to say it, it's kind of like monopoly money to them. But it's not, because the last time I played Monopoly, they didn't have millions, billions, and trillions, because that's the numbers they're dealing in. You know, we want to help those people, poor people in Ukraine fight a war. 100 billion. Did you just say 100 billion and counting? Uh, How much does a war cost these days? You know? Seems like a lot of tanks. Seems like a you know. Seems like a lot of targets is what it sounds like. Um, we can't get into the morality of it, right? That's not our role. Uh, I, I want to say this too, and, and this will make you feel worse. Um, uh, our government doesn't need our money at all. They don't, they don't need a dime from us. And you say, well, well um, you know, if, if we don't pay, then how can they do their work? I, I say, they'll just print it. They'll just print it. And I, I, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say that. Because if, if, there's not, if they're not living within a budget and they're, they're just increasing the number all the time, if we didn't pay anything, they would just increase the number a little bit more. And, you know, how much you pay and I pay isn't going to make a, it's not, it's not anything. But wait, it's worse. <laughs> the dollars that you're paying with, you know, how, how much are those worth? What, you know, how, they're not worth anything. They're worth paper is what they are. They're not backed by anything. And, and, and I know that's hard to get your head around. But, um, you, you know, previous generations, some of you here, you know, they don't know what a dollar's worth. And I want to tell you, that's from your growing up saying that. Uh, in, in this generation, you say, a dollar's worth nothing. A dollar's worth nothing. It's just traded back and forth, Right? And if you can find some sucker to give you something for a dollar, you should take it, right? And so what I want to line up for you, this, this isn't, how, but when you pay your taxes, don't think they're that big of a deal. It's just money, <laughs> not even real money, right? And, and it's not, you know, there's, there's no sense, take it a step further. Sometimes uh, we, we think this way. We say, oh, I paid my taxes, and you, sometimes we even say, well, I paid my fair share. 
I, I want to tell you that there's no morality, there's no morality in paying taxes. Sometimes it bothers, uh, you know, the, the taxes are a game. Did you know that? They're, they're a game. There's laws that govern taxes. And if you don't know the laws that govern taxes, it makes you mad when other people don't pay as much as you. And you think you're more of a moral person because you paid more taxes. And I want to tell you, there's no morality in paying taxes. There's none. It's a function. It's a function. And so, you know, when I think of this church, I want to encourage you, legally, pay as little tax as you can. Figure it out. I'm not that good at it. There are people who know much better than me. But, but this idea that taxes are a thing, like, like they bother us, they make us mad. You know, we're getting into grouchy season, aren't we? Yeah. And, and I want to encourage you that the government is there by God. He instituted it. And the taxes are something that needs to be paid. And, and yeah, some of it's wasted. Money's not worth anything. Shouldn't, you know, like there's all these things. I want to tell you legally, pay as little as you can and move on and move on. Because it's not the life that God's called us to, to be against the government. Pay what is owed. That's what it, that's what it says. Taxes, revenue, respect, honor. I want to give you seven concluding thoughts to this passage. I know that's a lot. Usually I only have three, but I like the number seven too. I'll go quickly. As you look at this passage and you think about obeying the government, I want to remind you as you think through the scripture right now, think through the scripture right now. I want to say it this way. Everybody did some time. Everybody did some time. And you say, what kind of time? Jail time. Everybody went against the government. I want you to hear that. Paul was beaten and went to jail, a writer of the book of Romans. He knew about this. Peter did that as well. Daniel, in the Old Testament, got enslaved in prison. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, thinking through Daniel, he, he was taken into slavery. He was taken into Babylon he gotten, you know, he disobeyed the king and went against the king, but all, but also he was rise to power there, and then later, in a different king, a uh, different ruler, uh, he had an edict that you shouldn't pray. And what did Daniel do? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to hide so they don't catch me. No, that's not what he did. He, you know, he liked. He, he had his time with the Lord on the veranda with the windows open did before, and then the law came, and he did it again. Sentenced to die. Sentenced to die. Um, That was Daniel. Joseph in the Old Testament. Wanted to walk with God. His brother sold him into slavery. You look at that. He ended up in jail because he wouldn't defile uh, his boss's wife. And you look at that, and you go, well, shouldn't you just do what you know? You should do what's right in the eyes of God, even if the government doesn't get it, okay? 
Um, you, you look at that and you realize that David was chased to be killed by Saul. Stephen was stoned, stoned to death. And I would say this too, I'd bring this up. Uh, you know, Moses, Moses, do you remember the birth of Moses? Where it says the midwives, uh, they helped and hid and these, uh, these moms. Why? Because the law of the land was let's kill the babies. Let's kill the, the boys. And, and they, they disobeyed. And I want you to get this. It's not the government says it, we will do it. It is not absolute obedience. I, I want you to get that. Number two brings us to this. Authority is not absolute. You cannot turn your brain off. You cannot say in every situation, the government said so, I must do it. It's going to take you applying the word of God, understanding your relationship with God, understanding what God calls you to in other passages, and trusting him to walk with him. It is not absolute authority. Number three, leaders are human, temporary, appointed, and limited. Leaders, every leader is human, temporary, appointed, and limited. They are not God. They are not God. And so, as you come to authority, you want to say, first of all, they're just like me. They're human. They're just like me. Um... They're temporary. They're, they have a shelf life. They won't be here forever. If you, if you don't like the leader, uh, try to wait them out, okay? Uh, outlive them. That'll fix them. Uh, but uh, human, temporary, they're appointed. They're, they're placed there by God. They're placed there by God. And they're limited. Their power is limited. Number four, which brings the same idea. There will be lanes to stay in and lines not to be crossed in regards to government. Um, the, the reality is this, that there should be a line uh, on the threshold uh, in the front right there of Bear Valley Church, that that's the line of the government. It's not that they can't come in, and if one of us has broken those laws, we've stolen, that they can grab them right here at church and we'll cheer for them as they take them out, okay? Um, we will be with them. But the idea of them telling uh, what I'm to preach, whether we're to look at the scripture, when we're to meet, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's, it shouldn't happen. There's a line there. There's a role and a lane for them to stay in. Not that they'll stay there. But just know this, that there's that in our minds that we, the government can overstep uh, the lanes that they are destined or placed in by God. Number five, it's not black and white, but God will give you direction. It's not black and white. Some of you like to follow rules. You actually like to make rules too. You make rules and you follow rules. Sometimes you make them for yourself and then you follow them and you give yourself a treat because you followed them, okay? Pat yourself on the back. Uh, I, I want to tell you it's not black and white. It's not, it, it's not simple. It's not simple. If you would have uh, grown up in places in this world where this has happened for years, including 
Nazi Germany, including Russia, including China, like many places. It, it wouldn't be black and white. And you need to walk with the Lord. Um, number six. Uh, God is good and can be followed. Uh, we are in Christ. We are in Christ under Caesar, under the Republicans, under the Democrats, the Nazis, the Communists, the Babylonians, and any other country that comes along. God is good. He can be followed in those situations, in any of those situations. And then lastly, I want to remind you, shouldn't probably have ended on this one, but uh, most, if not all, government is wicked. Most, if not all, government is wicked. They overset, they overstep, they seek to control people, they enrich themselves on the backs of the people. And, and I'm reminded, um, if, if you know the Old Testament history, God called uh, a people through Abraham. They became a nation. They became a family nation. And uh, specifically, uh, because of Joseph, we already talked about Joseph and the famine. And, and during that time, Joseph gathered his family under Pharaoh. And it, it, in a miraculous way, they reproduced. And, and then it brings to the time of Moses. And they had a leader that Moses brought them out. And they had different leaders, you know, loose leaders and uh, men that kind of gave them wisdom as they went about. But they were supposed to follow God. They were supposed to follow God. They didn't have a king. They didn't have a king. But in, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, we won't read that, uh, but in that section there, they were frustrated. They were frustrated. And as they looked around to the other nations, as they looked around to the, the pagan nations around them, everyone had a king. Everyone had a king. And so they asked this question of Samuel, but also of God. They said, uh, we want to be like the other nations who has a king. And, and, and I want to tell you that, that sometimes as part of God's plan, part of his plan for these wicked kings, presidents, rulers, whatever, is this, uh, is to show you that it's better to be with Jesus. It's better to be with Jesus. It's better to have a relationship with the Father through the Son. And, and as, I, as you think about terrible leadership of nations, or this nation, that nation, whatever nation, you should remember that's why I need to be with Jesus. That's why I need to be a follower of God. God, we do thank you for your love and care for us. And God, I ask that you would direct our steps, that you would thrill us with our position in you. And may we trust you when it comes to, in regards to the government. I ask that you give us wisdom as well to be able to distinguish between uh, that which you want us to uh, follow, obey uh, the laws of this land and the, the times and, and, and then also where the government oversteps and we need to say, as Peter did, uh, I, I know what you said, but I will follow God, not man. God, do your work in us. Help us to be a faithful church 
uh, whatever the days might bring. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.